Welcome back, everybody. Welcome to episode three of the Banter FC podcast. We got a big episode for you guys tonight because this weekend we have Premier League football. I know, personally, I am very fired up for that. We're going to go gonna go around, introduce ourselves, say what team we support and how we're feeling. This is Josh, the Arsenal fan. I'm feeling good, but a little apprehensive because after this week, Arsenal will not be at the top of the table, most likely due to the fact that they're <laughs> top of the alphabet, but... But other than that, really excited to watch the games. This is Kyle. I'm the uh, Everton fan. And right now, let's be honest, there hasn't hasn't been much of a better time to be an Everton fan in the last four or five years. So feeling pretty good. This is Ryan. I'm the Liverpool fan. The transfer world may have some Liverpool folk feeling down. But when you look at the table from last year, you just have to remember how much better we were than everyone else. So I'm carrying that momentum <laughs> into that 2020-2021 season. I'm Jake. I'm a West Ham fan. Um, I'm going to be honest. I don't <laughs> feel great. We'll get into it more, but not not great. Yeah, we'll put you on the psychologist couch later this episode for sure. But, but also shout out our resident Man United fan, Sawyer. Can't make it tonight, but... Uh, a big shout out. We'll be headed down to Tennessee this weekend to, to, to celebrate his bachelor party. So if we have any Tennessee listeners, make sure you hit us with some recommendations for uh, things in Pigeon Forge. So trying to crowdsource our activities <laughs> a little bit. But but we'll get right to it here. We've got a couple topics we're going to cover tonight. First off, we're going to run through the table in alphabetical order. Just kind of give our thoughts on, on each team, what we're feeling how their season's going to be, exciting transfer news, anything we want to talk about, it'll be a grab bag. As we go through that, if there's, we're going to do a little things for the neutrals out here listening, guys who've said, you know, hey, I don't necessarily have a team to support. As we go through the list, we're going to give our recommendation for one team each of us think a neutral should pick to follow this year, really get in the Premier League. We'll follow that up, follow that up with a, a Golden Boot winner pick and also a Player of the Year pick. So couple things to run through and I think we'll just we'll just get right through it here um, top of the table like we like we never left we'll start off with the Arsenal <laughs> from North London and I'll, I'll get us going on that um, team team doesn't look a whole lot different than last year last year was the rockiest season in recent memory for all Arsenal fans but it ended on a high note with the FA Cup win and it started off well with the community shield penalty kick victory so we got to be feeling good about that I know I am but I'm also a little nervous for how a long season's going to be not just you know six or seven games after the restart but I'm, I'm hopeful we have a new coach and and the transfers the transfer window still hasn't closed so hopefully we get a couple more guys in but Mikel's got some juice from the guys like Granite Jaka and hopefully Mesut Ozil one of my first personal favorite players makes his way back in the team so a little bit of excitement but also some apprehension as well but but that's my thoughts. I don't think it's going to be a bad year for Arsenal. I think Mikel's got him in an okay spot. Like you said, not a whole lot of changes coming in from last year. I have them, as much as it probably will pain you to hear, I have them slotting in right around the fifth spot. They're really a, a wild card in my mind. I'm not sure what to think about Arsenal heading into the season. I like Mikel, but I don't know if the stagnant squad is up to it, but I guess we'll see. Yeah, when I was looking at the table today, seeing Arsenal really, really made me think because recent memory, I'm like, oh yeah, they've beat Liverpool twice, 
They beat Man City. They beat Chelsea. Surely this is a top four team. But the more I looked at the table, I just remembered how their last season went. And there was really a big part of me that was saying, you can't put them in the top four, despite how much we want to. Because as we talked about last pod, there's a good chance our hero, our banter FC starting right back, Hector Bellerin, will be off to Paris. I don't know if those rumors are still afoot. But other than that, they brought in one center back from Lille, who I did a FIFA dynasty with them before, so I think he's good. But in real life, we don't really know how good he is. So Arsenal are maybe the most confusing team we have. I have them slotting in at six, but... They, they could really end up anywhere, but I don't think they'd really drop below that six to eight spot where they were last year. Just kind of to echo everything everyone else has said, I also have Arsenal as, at, in sixth place, like what everyone else has said. Kind of a tough team to place just because there hasn't been a ton of turnover when you look at some of the other top clubs. You know, a team like Man City is always going to spend every summer, every winter. Uh, Arsenal kind of looks a lot more the same. I mean, they still have Aubameyang, so you know, a guy like that you know, can go out and get you 20-plus goals every year. But yeah, I mean, David Luiz is still there, and he can always, <laughs> he always can kind of be a question mark. You know, someone like Leno coming back from an injury, which is he, when is he coming back i don't even know is he healthy or yeah i think he'll be fully fit this weekend so yeah it's just i kind of a tough team to predict but i just yeah kind of have them slotted in at sixth and look to uh make a fa cup final which is a very arsenal thing to do (laughs) josh where do you have your boys at yeah i have us i have us at fifth fifth or sixth i don't think conservatively i don't think we've shown the consistency to really be three or four I think the talent on the team is there when they're playing well obviously if you saw the end of the season with the win over Liverpool Man City Chelsea they can do it and you know earlier in the year they they clapped those cheeks on Man United sorry sorry Sawyer (laughs) had to say it like so we can beat the top four squads but it's just a matter of doing it consistently not losing to Brighton twice not dropping points to like West Bromwich Albion on the road in December you know the busy period I think always screws Arsenal or they screw themselves over it and they drop points and the gap kind of goes so one thing's for certain they'll look good though the the home and away kits have been nice so far I like the American psychos on the field I think they look a little weird if you're just wearing (laughs) them around but Hey, like, I like those kids. I, I like I'm, them I mean, I'm they the look first good. to say I like the blood spatter. I was going to say, on Twitter today, on uh, September 8th, we got an hashtag Ask Mezut. Mezut Ozil was alive and well on Twitter today, which made me think, you know, is he going to play a part in this Arsenal season? Because once the restart happened, he was most famous for having a Southampton umbrella to block the sun. So this Ask Mezut Twitter hashtag really made me think he might be back for this season, which... You never know what you're going to get from him. The training pictures that came out today in the video, he was featuring in it, and there was a legit rumor that because we have a Fulham game, you know, we have a relegation squad or a team that's just come up, that Mikel might try to use him this weekend to kind of ease him back into the squad. Kind of puzzling why he's not been in the squad at all post-restart. A lot of people have a lot of different thoughts, but, I mean, I just want to see him play because he's, he's my guy. 
I think that's enough about the Gunners. As much as I want to talk about them all day, we, we need to move on. We're going to move next to, to number two in the table and another team that this is probably as high as they'll get all year. It's it's Aston Villa, the, the, the cheeky lads the from Birmingham. I don't have much to say other than I think they're going to be fighting for their lives again. They got two two players I love watching, but other than that, they're there's not much more to say. I think they they're not much improved. I don't I haven't heard any big splashy transfer news from them. I think they're just doing the usual business and I think it'll be the usual business within the league this year for them as well. So, best of luck to them, but I hope they can I hope they can stay up. I have this I've similar thoughts about Villa. I think if they stay up, it's going to be some more miracle performances from Mings and Grealish. It's a story as old as time, Villa fighting against rele- relegation. i love to see him stay up. I think we, we as a group say the Premier League's a better place when Villa's in it, but can't see much hope for him here. Not, not a lot of light at the end of the tunnel, if you ask me, but hopefully Jack G and the boys can stay up at the very least. I got them uh, finishing 17th, right out of it. Right out of relegation. I have... Aston Villa finishing 19th in my relegation. They stayed in the Premier League just by an inch. And if you look back, they stayed in the Premier League because someone forgot to turn on the eagle eye goal line technology. Yes. And that saved them <laughs> this season. Yes. Like I said, need a miracle. But but as the boys have said, we, lo- we love this team. There are so many lovable parts of this team. Uh, the only person left out, I'd say, is Douglas Louise, who comes out with just some bleached cornrows some some days. Other days he has his head fully shaved. You don't know what you're going to get from him. But I think one of my big predictions beyond them getting relegated this season is that it will go bad early for Aston Villa. And I would not be surprised if Graylish goes full heel and demands a sell from his team. When he finished this season... A reporter asked him, is this the last time you put on a Villa shirt? And he did not do the thing every fan would want their guy to say and say, of course not, like I'm going to be back next season. He was like, well, it's too early to talk about this, but uh, we got a summer ahead of us. So I don't think he's planted there at Villa, even though he's a homegrown guy. I think things go bad early for Villa. Graylish demands an exit. And I don't think they survived this season. You think he's out in the winter window? Yep, I've, I've got him going out. He'll be the biggest snooze come the winter window. I also have Aston Villa being relegated for a lot of the same reasons that have been touched upon. Uh, I actually have them finishing 18th, but I don't think they stay up this year. Like Ryan said, they really should not be here right now. Like, maybe the the most obvious slam dunk VAR ruling of all time, and someone didn't turn the camera on. <laughs> that That's why they're in the Premier League. And they really kind of didn't show much until essentially the restart. I like, uh, what is it? I was going to say Dean Smith. That's their manager, right? Mm-hmm. Not yeah. same as the, yeah, same as the North Carolina basketball coach. He is the current favorite to be fired first. I just remember listening to his interview after the West Ham match, the last match of the season, where they stayed up, and I really liked him from that. So for his sake, I hope things go well. 
but I just I don't see it. However, they did sign Maddie Cash, one of the Hell best yeah. names in the Premier League. Um, <laughs> also was a, a rumored West Ham target, which means if West Ham didn't get him, he'll be good. Uh, <laughs> but if they did get him, he wouldn't have panned out. So look for big things from Maddie Cash. <laughs> Maddie Cash, golden boot winner. I'll say one thing. Nobody, nobody pulls off sweatpants in a polo like Dean Smith. That's one thing that I think <laughs> yeah. could keep them up. Yes, I don't think it's enough. It is a look. I just there's too many other, <laughs> there's too many other keep, too many other managers with style in the league these days. I, I don't think it's I don't think it's enough. Well, that's enough about Villa. We'll move along here. Next up, Brighton. I'll just be short and sweet. I I don't like Brighton. I hope they get relegated. <laughs> <laughs> I think Neil Mapai, however you say his name, is a little dirty. Salty. The only real grudge I have in the league, just it's still too fresh. And we, for some reason, Arsenal cannot beat them. Um, cool cool stadium, <laughs> the Amex and everything. I like Schleto, the Argentinian on their team, but I think, I don't know, I don't have much to say. They don't really move the needle for me. I, I don't, unlike everyone else, I don't have a list of where everyone thinks they're going to finish. I just kind of think they're going to be mid to bottom, and it's going to be another season of, oh, Brighton's on, Brighton's on this fixture list this week. Cool. I hope we win. Yeah. I mean, I don't really have much to say about Brighton. One of those teams that I don't really get to watch much unless they're playing Everton or a top six team. Just don't pique my interest. Not, nothing against them. Unlike Josh, who does have something against them. Yeah, they're dirty. I don't have Brighton finishing super high, but it's also, they're in the part of the table that I really don't know where anyone's going to finish. I got them sitting in 14th, so like Josh, I see them mid to bottom. Don't see them. I don't think they'll get relegated just from what I've seen, but also all's quiet on the transfer front, so I really don't know what to expect. How about you, Ryan? I've got... Brighton coming in at 17. They stay safe this season. I do have to say I have a bit of bias. I am an American Express card holder, so <laughs> I'm someone who... Wow. <laughs> yeah, fly Delta and you get the deals. Hey, check your privilege over there. <laughs> right. That Amex, uh, that Amex bump for Brighton, I think, barely keeps them in the league. I know it's contrary to some of the thoughts of some of the guys on this pod, but I'm I'm a big fan of their new home kit, the blue with the white collar. And on the transfer front, it's another bias pick for me, but they got Adam Alana, who, you know, paper mache player, but if he is able to hold up, he can really pull some tricks. And and they're just a weird team, I think, trying to find their identity still. They've got Graham Potter who's easily Oh, I say this now, but I think easily the ugliest manager in the Premier League. But he's got some weird <laughs> English hex over them, and they they find ways sometimes. But I think they barely sneak out at 17. Graham Potter looks like a Weasley. First, I have to let Josh know that Ezekiel Schleto is no longer on the team. Oh, really? His contract was up, and they just didn't bother re-signing him. <laughs> so he is currently without a club. But uh, I know I know another Premier League team that could need a right back here soon. So maybe he can move to Arsenal. 
Hey, we have Cedric. Yeah, I forgot. So I'll just say I have Brighton finishing 14th. I have a group of essentially five clubs that basically you could tell me that any player plays for any one of the five clubs, and that's Burnley, Brighton, Southampton, Crystal Palace, and Newcastle. Just for whatever reason, all those teams occupy the same space in my brain. So, you know, not a lot to differentiate some of them. Brighton, you know, I think they'll be kind of mid to low table. I don't think they're going anywhere, but, you know, not a whole lot to uh, look forward to. I will say they sold Aaron Moy to (laughs) the Chinese Super League, which is just such a random transfer that I wanted to point out. I guess China isn't paying a ton of money for players anymore because, like, the government stopped. So I guess when you can't afford big-name talent, you go for Aaron Moy. Well, Moy Moy actually had a contract clause that he got. It was an easier exit for him to go to China. And shocking, we, I know Ryan and I have talked about this, the tweet when he left. It was he's actually moving closer to home compared to pretty much every other Premier League player being an Australian so, so that was I think that was a player initiated move, and I think he's getting okay. a big I think he's getting a big payday, but I don't know if the sale was that expensive. There was the video clip a couple weeks ago of Marco Arnautovich talking about being in China and just like this sucks. Like <laughs> he, he he's like I just eat like junk food. Like there's nothing to do. That Eddie Lacy diet. Yeah, some of those guys with the big paydays maybe don't fully realize what that entails. I'll say I like the kit, personally. I just think the collar is going to get a little sloppy deep in the games, but it'll look good on FIFA 21, so catch me in Division 9 rocking that kit. We'll move along. Next up, we got Burnley. Burnley seems to be an absolute stalwart within the Premier League now. They're just, they've been here for a handful of years, and we can't seem to get rid of them. They're stingy. You know, they can... They can play good defense, and they can kind of poke a goal past you every once in a while. I don't really have much more to say about Burnley because I haven't... I really haven't watched Burnley since, I think, week two of the Premier League last year. So I'm just going to defer to people who have done more homework this week. I think they're going to be mid to low table, kind of like Brighton. I think they'll stick around. I absolutely despise watching Burnley. I feel like, I don't know, maybe this is like a trick my mind plays on me. But I feel like every Burnley game I watch is the most boring game I've ever watched. This isn't meant to be like an attack on Burnley. This could just be my my head playing tricks on me. I don't get it. Every time I watch them, I just hate that I'm watching them. <laughs> even when they're playing Everton. Because Everton has this thing where they play down to who they're playing. And so when Burnley plays like, like they play, then Everton plays that way. And I hate it. Could very well distance our one Burnley fan we might have. We love you. I I have them getting. Yeah, no. If you're here, man, props. I couldn't. I couldn't watch them every week. Don't leave. <laughs> don't please don't leave. But uh, I have them getting relegated. I have them in 18th. I have them right on the line. They're the first of the relegation squad that I have picked this year. Like you said, Josh, a stalwart in the in the Premier League, it feels now. But goodness gracious, it feels like we try and get rid of them and they just don't go away. So that relegation pick will probably be completely wrong and they'll probably finish like 14th and I'll have to eat my words. You've heard it. 
I'll say it again, hateable team. Just such a hateable team. But they have an identity. The best teams in the Premier League and teams that are successful have an identity. Last season, right when we started our Twitter account, we tweeted out our Premier League predictions, and we were the second most wrong about Burnley. Burnley finished over four spots higher on each of the average tables than we put out, and I hate it. They ruined Liverpool's 20 or 19 wins at home. They did not make Europe, which I think is huge, because the one season they made it into Europe, they got into that relegation battle. This year, they're back near the top, in, in the top half of the table, and they're not in Europe. So I think that they are going to continue their gross identity of letting the other team take 20 to 25 shots while they take three, but they convert their chances. And I, this is my biggest upset anywhere in the table. I have Burnley going eight this season. That's high. And I hate it. I have Burnley at 13th but like everyone said they're not fun to watch but they do have an identity which is so important because i think that if you look at all the talent like i don't think burnley's the you know what what position did they finish last year 10th yeah they're not looking solely at talent they're not the 10th most talented team but That brings me to the point I really want to make with Burnley. I think Sean Dyche is awesome. He, I think, is a really good manager and is funny. (laughs) I I had to pull up the exact quote. Uh, This was back when... What is this from? This is from August... Oh, wow. Yeah, so 2016. Jeez, that was longer ago than i thought august 2016 so sean dyche after a match asking about his players performance he said i gave him pizza with the rolls that have cheese and pepperoni in it uh it's good fuel i think we're going to brand ourselves pizza lovers i'm being flippant but i'm serious as well because that is the misconception gael clichy was talking about how his new diet was amazing saying we don't eat junk food at city but we've been doing that since i got here i did it at watford too and so are other english managers (laughs) so i love that him going at pep for oh wow like the manchester city players eat healthy so credit to sean deitch on that i do think he's a really good manager two other quick things shout out to nick pope ryan said their strategy of just letting other teams shoot that strategy doesn't work if you don't have a great goalkeeper, and I think Nick Pope is a really good goalkeeper. And also wanted to quickly mention, I am just now learning this about Ashley Barnes. I always thought he was Austrian, but apparently he is English now because last year he had his Austrian citizenship rejected. So he is <laughs> back to being English. So Shout out to Ashley Barnes. Hopefully you get your uh, your citizenship figured out. Back to being English. Love that line. We'll move, we'll move to a team that moves the needle a little bit more. Next up we got the boys in blue from Chelsea. I'll start off, and I don't want to steal too much thunder from everyone, but dang, you know, transfer banned for a couple windows, and now 
Daddy Russia is dropping the bag. It's, he has said, Marina, go <laughs> ahead and spend whatever you like. They've made a couple splashy signings, and the rumors are it's not done yet. So all I have to say is, I'm, you know, they're going to be pushing for top four. Obviously, they're going to be, you know, competing for wanting to do well in the European competitions and the domestic top cups as well as the Premier League. They're going to be doing it in some of the most awful kits of the year. They just look like crap, I think, with the three. I think most of us support that, but that's just an awful sponsor logo. But that's about it. I'll, I'll divert, and I'm sure we'll get into the, the nitty-gritty here as we keep moving. Really high on Chelsea this year, but also am scared for them because I think maybe the expectations have been set really high. But I also am one of the people that are setting their expectations for them really high. I have them fishing third. I think they're the only team that has a real chance at getting close to the top two. I don't see any of the top, the big six pushing Man City or Liverpool this year. But you never know. I think this is the team that will be the closest to pushing them. Currently, the only team that could probably say they're having a better window than Everton just purely based off the fact that they're splashing cash left and right there's a potential that they're going to be a massive upturn this year but also things don't start well for them I could see it turning into a debacle just because of how much money they've spent because it's going to be one of those things where they've replaced so many people there's going to be so many people slotting in to the first team that are just brand new that I think it can be that there could be trouble early but, yeah, I think they're the only team that could really press the top two right now. Yeah, I've got Chelsea finishing third as well. As it's been touched on, they've spent well over £200 million this window. And I do think a lot of the Chelsea fans, if you get on Twitter, they're like, well, why do people think we should finish first, even though they've spent so much money? And they've spent money on people who I think the great majority of soccer fans would say are like good players I, it, it all seems like quality signings but then as Kyle kind of pointed out I, I still think under Lampard you know he's he's an interesting manager I still think he has some sort of identity crisis in what he wants his team to be Pulisic despite being so amazing in the restart there, there are games he was still on the bench and it really made no sense and you know that's coming from a biased take but he loves his English players in Mount and Abraham, but I really think it sounds so weird, but I think Olivier Giroud is such a good Premier League striker, and he will just get brushed aside with the Timo Werner signing and Abraham being there with like a fraud 15 goals from last year. But I still have them finishing third just because of the amount of money that they spent and they got truly quality players. And it is wild that even here, after they've spent over 200 million pounds, they are still tweeting out these transfer rumors as if more people are coming in, but can't count them out, so they might be, but I, I've got them third this season. I also have Chelsea finishing third, but I like Kyle mentioned, things could go bad so quickly. I haven't, I didn't look at their schedule, but... That's a team where if after, you know, four or five matches, say they lose a couple, maybe draw against a team they shouldn't draw against, I think the expectations are really high. And I think the players obviously know that. Like, they're not stupid. They know, you know, if we're spending 
150, 200 million, whatever it is, we need to perform. So I would say third place for Chelsea, but there's a lot of pressure on them and can they actually withstand the pressure? Because realistically, all these guys they're bringing in, Timo Werner, uh, Kai Havertz, uh, Hakim Zayek, you can only play so many guys. So you have guys like Hudson Odoi, Pulisic, Mason Mount, uh, Giroud, Tammy Abraham. You know, from that group of like seven or so guys, you can really only play three or four of them at once. Um, so I, you know, is somebody going to get left out? Is that going to cause a rift within the team? You know, it's it'll be interesting to see. But uh, yeah, I think they're going to be really good. So I have them finishing third. It's definitely a a situation that feels like it could breed success, but also if people start getting pushed out and results don't come early, it could turn very quickly. And I think there's something with Jake said that they strengthened their strengths pretty much. And as we talked about mm-hmm. in our first episode, who are they week one putting out as keeper? Is it Keppa, who I feel like the entire fan base has fully turned on? I know there's those are the rumors that are out there now is that they're scouting other keepers. But Josh, what do you think of Chelsea if they go out there and have Keppa as their number one guy? I don't think it can be sustainable through the year. I think they're going to sign someone. But for week one, it, it might be Keppa. Or it might be, is Willie is Willy Caballero still there? Yeah. He played. He was the FA Cup starting keeper. So The rumors, they're looking at Edward Mendy from Rene in france uh yeah yeah however you say it Uh, i think they you know probably did they come i think they're in the champions league maybe or if not they're very close um but we should we should mention which i have maybe previewing the team we're looking at next there are some big caveats on all these predictions just with the transfer window being what it is so many like what these teams look like now could look completely different um you know i don't think a player like ngolo conte would leave but i mean he's brought up like i think he's been linked to inter and a bunch of places like that so you know i think that would definitely have an impact if he would leave and they can't get someone to replace him so yeah there's still a lot of moving pieces with transfers I think one last thing to look at with Chelsea is, is Frank Lampard coaching with expectation. He hasn't had that yet. Now that he's got the t- the chance to spend and sign his guys, you know, he, he really doesn't have much of a managerial history. He had Derby, which, you know, it was, you know, a championship squad, and he didn't get them up. And then he walked into Chelsea, and it was, well, you know, compete with what you have because we can't sign. And, you know, he got him in the Champions League, but he still had, you know, it's still Chelsea. You know, he didn't do anything too extraordinary. So what does he do now when they've dropped $200 million on a squad upgrade and he's got to be a tactical guy and, and beat the likes of Jose and, and Klopp and Pep for, for the big games to push for the title? I don't know. Next up, we've got Crystal Palace. And I'll, I'll start off here. Like I said at the beginning, as we go through these, we're going to give recommendations for a neutral follower to pick a team to support this year. And Crystal Palace is my team. I think this is a cool club with a cool culture. You know, it's not your traditional 
posh London club that a lot of us, including myself, support. It's, you know, South London. It's a little bit grittier. South London's known for churning out good talent that not necessarily plays on that team, but it's a, it's a football-mad area, so the fans are serious. They have cheerleaders, which not many Premier League teams have. They've got one of their nicest kids in year, years, and they've got two players I really like. Well, one I really like, Wilfred Zaha. Hopefully he stays. He'd be a guy to get behind. And then a new guy, I don't really know how to say his name because I haven't seen him play yet, but his last name I think is pronounced Easy. He's my most exciting player to watch for me this year. So that's my pick, but we'll, we'll, we'll go around the horn here on Crystal Palace. Not a lot to say about CP this year. Not a lot, of, at, at least right now, not a lot of big signings coming in for them. Not a lot of big rumors. I like uh, Josh's pick as it, as it being a good neutral team. I think they can be a fun team to watch, especially with Zaha and people like that. But I don't have them finishing very well this year. I have them finishing 15th, which is a spot lower than last year. They finished 14th last year with not a lot happening in the transfer window for them. Just don't see a lot of improvement coming, but I do think they'll stay up. Don't think they'll compete for anything massive, though. Yeah, I've got Palace finishing 16th. I respect Josh saying this is a team that, if you're in neutral and you're looking to support, it's Rebecca Lowe's team, so I think that's pretty important. But other than that, I don't see too much with this team. Roy Hodgson, he's like 90 years old, but he's still their manager. I wouldn't put them as my team to watch just because you'll get your hopes up for nothing, but got them 16th. I also have Crystal Palace 16th. Not a lot to add except for if Wilfred Zaha were to leave that team, they are getting relegated so hard. Like he is... (laughs) I feel like if they, they... Them staying in the Premier League this year is firmly on Wilfred Zaha remaining on that team. I think if he's on the team at the end of the season, they will stay they will still be in the Premier League. Uh but if he were to leave, they're they're relegated for sure. Yeah. He's he's the spine of that team, but last thought on that, from a feel good perspective, football is dominated by sort of sleazy ownership for lack of a better word these days. You know, I certainly have issues with the Arsenal ownership. I know others in this group have issues with their team ownership crystal palace is owned by a crystal palace fan a guy who was from that area who came good made a fortune and and has bought the team and runs it now so i think that's something that you can get behind and not to feel too bad about so another tick in the the good box for crystal palace moving on to an exciting team to talk about it's everton i'm gonna make the executive decision here and i'm not gonna take any wind out of the sails of our our good guy Kyle here, and I'm going to let him start off with what he wants to say. Like I said, at the beginning of the pod, pretty exciting time at the moment to be an Everton fan. Although, this is this has been the feeling going into multiple seasons in my during my fanhood. I think they the, the difference this year has been that they've strengthened the spots that it really feels like they were massively weakened. I mean, last year, you would watch the Everton game and you could have not named who played in midfield because they just contributed absolutely nothing. And to see them bring in names like DeCore and James Rodriguez and Allen, it's a a pleasant sight because it was one of those things where a lot of the fans got excited because it was like, oh, we brought in Carlo. 
but are they going to back him to do what he needs to do? And I think they are proving that they're they're going to respect that and they're going to give him the resources he needs. They've gotten a lot of dead weight off their wage bill, like Morgan Schneiderlin and <laughs> Omar Nias, like these players that we've been saying for years. We're like, why are these guys still here? It's an exciting time. It, it It's a positive in a way that we haven't had a positive, just that it feels like we're actually strengthening our weaknesses instead of going out and spending money on these has-beens that are past their prime that aren't actually going to contribute. So, yeah, I I have Everton because I'm biased purely finishing 6th next year. That's an absurd claim. I think they finish higher than at least one big 6 team. It is not a team we've named yet, but I think that if there's a year they'll do it, it should be this year. They didn't go out and get a keeper to challenge Jordan, but I don't see the problem in giving him maybe another year. He has his, these games where he's incredible. He has these games where he's awful, it feels like. But I, I think they might make one or two more moves in the window, shore up the defense, and if they do, I think they can really finish higher in the table than we've seen them finish in a while. So that's my, my rant on how happy I am about Everton, but maybe it's all for naught because it usually is. I think it's good to see your friends happy. So I'm, I'm very happy <laughs> that even as a Liverpool fan that Everton really strengthened their side. So it's, it's good to see Kyle happy. And I will say they sort of followed their model of did they play for a big team? Yes. Are they available? Yes. Let's sign them. But these players are their quality. Some of them are pr- Premier League tested. Some of them are Ancelotti disciples, and he showed why he was such an important hiring for Everton. Uh, I have them finishing ninth. You know, Everton's won the transfer window multiple times, it seems like, and it hasn't turned out well. I have them ninth, which is very respectable. I could also, just with their pure talent in the squad, see them actually make a run in the FA Cup or Carabao Cup instead of lose to Liverpool's U6 team this season. So I think it's exciting. It, it is actually exciting to see a huge player in James Rodriguez come to the Premier League to see, honestly, if he has anything left. Now, he's only 29. He, he should, but he, he was so big in 2014. Can he do it in 2020? Probably, but we'll see. I have Everton finishing eighth, but I will kind of parallel them with Chelsea. I mentioned Chelsea is a team who, you know, spending a lot of money, and with that money comes expectations. Uh, I think the same thing could happen at Everton potentially, like if they get out of the gate slow. You know, I don't think Ancelotti's going anywhere. Like they've put weight too much money behind him and the team to like make any changes in that sense Um, but you know if they start out slow what does the mood in the locker room look like especially a guy like Hamas Rodriguez if you look at his last couple stops it was Bayern and Real Madrid where he was just kind of used to like yeah we're gonna go out in worst case scenario finish second and like make the semifinals of the Champions League. But, you know, how does he respond maybe being in a team that's not as good as the teams he's played with or losing more than he's used to losing? You know, just stuff like that. But I think Everton's 
going to be good this season, and uh, we will kind of use West Ham as a comparison once we get to them, because there are a lot of similarities that show that Everton did things right, and West Ham maybe didn't over the past 12 months. Yeah, they don't have the toughest start to the year, but they do see Tottenham and Liverpool in the first five match weeks, so it'll be interesting to see how they bounce back when they are... They're, I mean, they're up against the gun right away, so I guess we'll see how they respond. Probably won't see Decore in the Tottenham game, but and anything that happens in the window in the coming week, I don't think we'll see. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do in the first five weeks. A lot of expectation around the Toffees this year, a lot of excitement, so that's, that's nice to see. Moving on, we're going to Fulham now. Short and sweet, Fulham is a cool club. I think they're going to be fighting for their lives, though. They have Scott Parker, who's the man couple Americans, cool cool kits, but uh, I think they're going to start week one in the relegation spot because Arsenal's going to step in there and beat them down, but that's all about how I'll, I'll have to say about them. Yeah, no, I have, I have similar, uh, similar opinions on Fulham. I think they're a fun club to support. Glad to see them back, but I don't have high expectations for them this year. Seemingly, the teams that come up from the championship, the ones that stick around seem to be the people who are willing to shell out a little bit of money early on and they haven't really done much love to see Anthony Robinson there as an American but I just I think like you said think they're going to be fighting for the lives have them finishing 19th hoping they stay up but don't don't expect it I'd say get ready for NBCSN uh to be shoving full America down your throat uh (laughs) they've got some of these United States guys on their team which is great to see but they're destined for relegation again. They're embarrassed two years ago, just an abysmal time in the Premier League. However, that last time up, they did spend a ton of money. So it seems like this season they're going with the opposite idea. They've got one of the most interesting strikers in the Premier League with Mitrovic. I honestly think he could be so good in the Premier League, and he was so good in the championship with Fulham last year, but I have Fulham in 18th destined for relegation i have fulham finishing 20th love love scott parker uh three-time hammer of the year winner when he was at west ham won the pfa player of the year in a season where west ham was relegated so that you know that he was a special player in his time i think he's a good manager but i just i don't think they have the talent to compete in the premier league uh and like ryan said they didn't spend a ton of money i was looking at that just earlier today and two years ago they spent 116 million while they moved up to the prem and got relegated right away so now you have guys like jean-michel sari who have to go to galatasaray just because the team can't afford to pay them so maybe with those guys coming back they get a bit of a boost but i don't see them sticking around next up leeds united the only thing I have to say about this club is that I'm it's my most team I'm most excited to watch this year. I'm pumped that they're in the league. We all think the league is better for it when they're in it and it'll be cool if they have a legendary coach like Bielsa to see what he can do in the Premier League and you know they got a, an international an English international that was capped today so a lot of expectation for a club that is just being is just coming up. So I, I think they're going to be competing mid table and they're going to be challenging the big boys when they play them in the fixture list. I, I like Leeds. I think we we another team we've all agreed that we like seeing them in the Prem. 
love to see leads get up. Uh, this is my team that I think if you're in neutral, it's a good bandwagon to hop on because I think as the three promotion teams come up, I think they're the team that have the potential to actually stick around. Um, they're the only team promoted this year that I think will stick around. I haven't finishing 13th. They came up, they splashed a little bit of cash. They seem like they're pretty dead set on staying up. I think it's insane that right now they are like the seventh best odds on multiple gambling sites to win the Premier League. I, I like Leeds. I don't think they're they have that much of an upside, but I I do think that they're going to be a fun team to watch this year, and I'm glad they're up. Kyle hit the nail on the head. Leeds is the one team that got promoted this last season that I think is going to stay up as well. I have them finishing 14th. I could see Leeds being 7th in betting to win the season just because they've been out of the Premier League for so long that they've got these rabid fans that are so excited to have them back that they'll they'll put a week's worth of wages down on <laughs> I mean, why not? They could be the first promoted team to win it in that same year. There's always one team that gets promoted that outperforms what everyone thinks. We're almost always wrong about which one of those teams it is. So that makes me feel a little nervous for Leeds that we all have these expectations for them. Um, And the last little fun fact I have on Leeds is that Leeds play Liverpool first match of the season this Saturday, the first weekend. And James Milner started his career with Leeds. So he will have played in Leeds last 51 Premier League matches. And he was there when he was 16. Now I think he's 34. They, they've been gone for a long time. They have a great promo video from Jamie Lannister, if you haven't seen that. I think we're all, as everyone said, we're happy to have them back. We'll be an exciting place when fans get to go back. And yeah, I've got them finishing 14th. I have Leeds United finishing 10th. In the Premier League, that is my maybe my boldest prediction when I look over this. I guess it would be. Um, I think they've made some really good transfer moves. Um, I think Rodrigo from Valencia is a really good striker. A lot of that is based on playing FIFA, but I think he's good. I think they've been linked to a lot of other names that could really make the team better. Uh, and show that they're not, you know, they're not afraid to spend some money. And I will also say that if you want a Premier League team to root for, I can't recommend Leeds enough. Like people have said, I think the atmosphere is at their matches. If we can get fans at matches, will be awesome. I think Calvin Phillips is absolutely a star and will probably not be there beyond this year just because they'll be able to get so much money for him there's a lead show on amazon prime that's awesome uh and a lot of the players that feature heavily in the show are still on the team so that gives you a little bit more of a brooding interest because you can kind of see them like in their home lives and see the owner of the team and things like that so leads think we'll finish 10th and they are kind of like the team I'm most excited for and the team that I would tell like a new fan to support. And before we just recommended everyone to support a team who gets relegated. Hopefully well, that does not yeah. happen. <laughs> but but knowing, but knowing the Premier League, we'll tell everyone that neutrals support, support leads and they'll get relegated. So don't blame us if it happens. All right, next up, Leicester City. 
short and sweet. Leicester City's always dangerous. They're smart in the transfer window. They were competitive last year. They still have Brendan Rodgers at the helm, so we who knows what that could entail. But Vardy's still there. He's going to be dangerous. I think they're going to be pushing the top six clubs again. I don't think they'll have as great a year as last year. I think they'll find some more equilibrium, but we've been saying that. I think I've been saying that every year since they won the title. So I'm sure they'll be like fourth this year. <laughs> who knows? But yeah, I hate playing them as an Arsenal fan. They're good. I have a similar opinion on Leicester. I think they had a good year last year. Another team that hasn't done much yet in the transfer window, but who knows if that's how that'll last by the time it ends. I don't have them having as good of a year as last year. I think they'll fall off just a touch, uh, but I'm finishing ninth. Any team with Vardy right now, you, you just think he's going to grow, he's going to get too old and he's going to lose his legs, he's going to lose his ability, and he just doesn't. So I think any team with Vardy is dangerous, and yeah, got him finishing ninth. Last season, Leicester was my dark horse team in our prediction. I had Leicester, I correctly predicted them to finish fifth, but going into last season, everything felt right with Leicester. It seemed like they had the right mix of young and experienced, whereas this year, I think they came off such a soul-crushing Brendan Rodgers meltdown that I think the beginning weeks, they still don't get past that. As the guys have touched on, Vardy is a threat until he's not, so there's no reason to suspect he drops off. But I, I just don't think that they've got enough in the tank to really be one of those top challenging teams and have them falling back to the middle of the pack in 10. I have Leicester finishing 7th, just kind of echoing what everyone said. They're right now sitting at around plus 25 million in net spend. So selling Chilwell, who I think is a really good player. And I don't think any of us mentioned him with Chelsea, but he's good. And that was a good signing for them. So, you know, have a little bit of cash maybe to try to spend to bring in some more manpower. Um, but like everyone said, I think they, I think Jamie Vardy played really well last year at his age. I don't know if he can repeat that for a second season. So I think a lot of that, a lot of their success is kind of firmly on him. But, you know, I think they're still a very good team and I have them pegged at seventh place. All right, next up, going to hand it over to our resident Liverpool fan, Ryan. Personally, I'm not going to contribute much here. I'm just going to let you take it away, so go for it. Last year, I was the only one in our group who had Liverpool finishing first. I've got them back up there again. I think... Shock. Yeah. I think everyone's memory is so (laughs) short on how good Liverpool was last season. They changed their identity. They went from a full-out offensive attack to a team that, you know, is quite balanced and really pulls out the tough wins. And I have them finishing first again. A lot of people on Twitter, if you get on there, you would have thought Liverpool finished outside of the top 10. And everyone's such an idiot in Liverpool and FSG for not signing anyone. But I I think they stay up there. They've got such a good core of players. Their front three are amazing. I think, and a lot of people are starting to point out, I think Liverpool might start to change their formation again. And depending if they get Thiago, there could be a pretty massive formation change, I think, to two deeper midfielders. But I think we're about to have the double Mino 
Bobby Firmino and Takumi Minamino, there's something about them in this preseason that is just clicking. They're two of the brightest players on the pitch. They have unbelievable work ethic and just have a creative mind. I think when Liverpool really starts chugging, Minamino will be playing right behind Firmino. They'll be overlapping runs. And I think that everyone disrespects Mo Salah so much. He's a guy who, ever since he came back to the Premier League with Liverpool, has put out amazing performances. I think he gets back on his perch as the golden boot this season. And I I think it will be tougher than last year. It will not be a coast to the finish. But I think Klopp likes his guys. The guys stay healthy. We could use a little more depth, but I think they are prime for back-to-back champions. This won't shock Ryan to know that I don't have them winning the league this year. For actual legitimate reasons, I think Man City, as we'll talk about next, they I think they went out and made some moves that made them a better team. I think that Liverpool, I mean, that's been the talk of the town this transfer window. They haven't done anything. I don't think that's going to kill them. A lot of people are acting like that's that's going to be the downfall of Liverpool is that they didn't spend money this transfer window. I don't think that's going to be true. But I think we're going to look at a title race this year that is significantly closer. I think maybe the probably the closest Liverpool-Man City race we've seen in the last five, six years. I think it's going to be an absolute deadlock race to the end. I mean, what do you say about Liverpool at this point? They absolutely put on a clinic last year as much as it kills an Everton fan to say that but yeah I think they finished second for me I think it's going to be an absolute heater of a championship race this year I also have them finishing second basically just what Kyle said it's not a knock against them but more of I think Man City will just buy themselves a Premier League title and right on cue we'll move on yeah (laughs) move uh, on to Man City citizens here Real real tough look for them, not picking up Messi. I don't know how they're going to compete this year. But, <laughs> but like we've said, you know, they're going to be up there. I have them. I think it's a coin flip, Liverpool, Man City. I'm going to go middleman and not take a pick and just let the see. Let's see how the season plays out. We all know what Man City has to offer. I think they made some good moves this year, or this transfer window. I think Torres is a, a really good talent they picked up from Valencia. Like I said, not to be a broken record, I think it's going to be an absolute deadlock of a race this year between them and Liverpool which uh, if it's gonna if it's gonna be between those two I want it to at least be a competition so I want to actually be interested until the end of the year so yeah I think they just made some good moves in the transfer window of course splashing cash because they're Man City and you thought maybe oh here comes FIFA fair play they're gonna do something about them and nah here we go here we go again so I think I think that's just where we're at. I just don't I think it's going to be the battle of the Giants again. I've got Man City finishing second. I think looking back at their last season, they had a shocking amount of losses, and I think it's just because they have a lot of amazingly talented players on their team, but they're led by Pep Guardiola, great tactician, great manager, but they're a team of guys who, you know, they're the guys who are worth a lot of money, but they've got no guts. I don't think they have it again in them. I think this is the last time that they'll finish in the top two. They, they've got some guys, like De Bruyne is someone who's going to will his team, but they got a lot of spineless players on their team. I think they still finish second, despite 
those heavy claims against them, but they're, they're the evil team. No one likes them. They're, like Kyle said, I think the lack of punishment for any of the financial fair play stuff has just completely emboldened them to do whatever they want. So being linked to a guy like Koulibaly from Napoli, like if they would bring someone like that in, look at all the talent they already have on the back line. Koulibaly coming in, playing next to Lepore would put someone like John Stones firmly on the bench that they paid dozens of millions of dollars for. Um, They just have so much depth. They're my pick to win the league. That's not bold of me to say. And I also, again, not bold of me to say since I think he just won today or yesterday for this prior season. I think Kevin DeBrana will be the player of the year. He, especially if they win the title, I think they do it because he's at the top of his game. Moving along to their neighbors, Man United, the Red Devils. Uh, let let the guys get into it, but my only thought is that I'm still not convinced on Ole. I think they're a loaded team, but I don't know if he's the guy to be steering that ship. I mean, it's the biggest ship in the world, basically, besides Real Madrid. So we'll see. I think I think there's going to be speed bumps like there seem to be every year recently. We'll see if anyone else has similar thoughts to that. Yeah. I that's I have similar feelings. I think they have uh I think they have a big upside. I mean, they have incredible talent in the squad. That's all there is to it. I think you point out the the one wild card in that squad is how Ole lines them up and if he can get them playing the way they need to be playing. I have them finishing in the top 4 right above Arsenal. I think that's a position that could really be a toss up. I'm not confident in that pick. Like I said, it's just it just feels like you're not sure about anything when it comes to that team right now. I guess you have so much talent, but you're just not sure if they'll perform for you or not. But yeah, I think it's another push for Champions League football for them. But it could also go another way, and they could completely fall out of it. Like we kind of thought they were going to do last year, and then they pulled it out at the end. So we'll see. I've got United finishing fourth as well. It'll be very interesting, I think, to see how this season goes. Everyone was guaranteeing they were going to get Sancho in this transfer window. Lucky for them, they kept their money so they can bail their guys out of jail this transfer window <laughs> and get them back in the squad. I mean, their their leader is, I don't know, is McGuire still in Greece facing criminal charges? I have no clue. But Ole's found a way somehow to just stay alive. He... He dies and then gets the defibrillator right at the end, comes back to life. But I do think in the back of referees' heads this season will be how many penalties they gave Man United, and they will be looking for that this season, and they will not have as many. But their front four attack is very impressive, and I do think that will bail them out to finish top four. I also have United finishing fourth. I think we talked about, I think we're all kind of in agreement that it's a race between Man City and Liverpool for the title. Then I think there's a step down to Chelsea and Man United. And then I think there's kind of a significant step down to everyone else. I think those four uh, between Man City, Liverpool, Chelsea, and United are far and away the four best teams in the league. With United, I think something that could really help them this year is having Dean Henderson around. David De Gea was not great at times last year. I mean, I still think he's one of the best in the world. 
but he is prone to making some mistakes and really costing them at times. Whereas Dean Henderson uh, for Sheffield last year was, you know, one of the best keepers in the league. I don't think that Dean Henderson's going to come in and necessarily take that spot from De Gea, but I think if he is backing you up instead of Romero and some of the other guys they've had backing him up, it'll maybe force De Gea to play a bit sharper. And if he does start struggling, they have a much more reliable backup option. A lot of expectation again, as always, for the Red Devils. Moving up next, we got Newcastle. Personally for me, I was way more excited about Newcastle when they were about to get taken over by their Saudi Arabian ownership group. That fell through, obviously, so I'm a little less excited, but they did sign Callum Wilson, who I think is the man. So so that'll be cool to watch him play. And then they have Banter FC legend Alan St. Maximin. I think they're going to be fighting for their lives. I think they'll survive, though, being a big club in the north, and we'll see them again in the Premier League next year. But, you know, just kind of a another usual type of season for Newcastle in my mind, but not getting relegated. Uh, I have similar thoughts. I think they... Uh... They actually have done some okay business, it feels like, the shirts for window. Uh, they've got a, a few few fellows on freeze that felt like they can tighten up the squad a little bit. Of course, Callum Wilson. But yeah, I, I have similar thoughts. I don't think Newcastle is going to be in the absolute depths. I think they'll be sitting around mid-table. I have them 12th on this list. Not much to say. I think they did some okay business. I think they're, I think they're an okay squad. So I guess we'll see how the Wilson transfer pans out, and I think that'll be the biggest thing for them going forward is just getting him involved. I also have Newcastle finishing 12. This is my team, if you're a neutral, that you should follow. One of the biggest reasons, I'd say, is they have a beer, the Newcastle beer. So anytime you're watching a match, you can crack open a cold one and be like, sorry, babe, Newcastle's on, got to pound a few brews. Yeah, they're... Looking a little bit like the Island of Misfit Toys, picking up all the broken pieces from the relegated clubs, getting Wilson, they got Ryan Frazier, uh, they got the Norwich left back that Liverpool were looking at. I think those are decent signings. It's, as Josh said, far off the Saudi Arabia money and the massive signings that they were looking at then. But that's why I think they are a team that you should get in now they're a club with big history. They're going to be middle of the table this season, but they're absolutely twerking and flirting with that Saudi Arabian ownership, which if they come in, it will totally change the look of their club and the future success. So if you're a neutral looking for a team to get in, download the Peacock app. That's a free advertisement for NBC. You'll get to see all their matches. <laughs> And this is a team moving forward, not this year. This year, 12, if they get Saudi Arabia money, catch them easy top eight. So I have Newcastle finishing 17th. I think they stay up, but just barely. Just looking at this team, there's not, nobody really sticks out to me as, you know, just being like some guy that's really going to put the team on their back. We we love Alan St. Maxman, but I kind of feel like he people maybe expected a little bit more from him. And then someone like Joe Linton, people definitely expected a little bit more from him. Um, so some guys that have disappointed. But yeah, I, I think they stay up. I don't think it's very convincing. But I will say, 
Real quick, Josh, I know you love Carl Darlow. I'm looking at their team right now. Martin Dubravka looks like he's hurt with a return date expected of October 1st, 2020. So are we going to get to see Carl Darlow play a couple matches here to start the season off? I can only hope. That'd be great. (laughs) First match against West Ham, so I hope he's not very good. (laughs) Next up, we got Sheffield United. What, what is there to say about the Blades? They play hard. They compete. And I think they won't be as high as they were last year. I think they're going to be more mid-table, but definitely another year where they're competitive. Same thoughts. I think Ramsdale is a good replacement for Henderson. I think that was a good move for him. I think uh, they drop a spot or two this year. I just think there was a lot of momentum behind them last year. I don't think they'll be able to carry as much of it. And then this year, I'm 10th think they're a good team that just plays through pure grit i've got them finishing 13th this season they were the fairy tale last year chris wilder great addition to the premier league i mean i could eat my words but i just don't think they have the talent losing dean henderson's a big loss for them i just don't think they're gonna have the same season they did last season but i still think they'll be all right 13th for me and just to echo everything Ryan said, Ivan 12th, I think Chris Wilder is a very good manager, but I just, I don't see them being able to replace the productivity of Dean Henderson. All right, next up, personal favorite of Banter FC, Southampton, the Saints. I think they'll be competitive. I think they'll survive this year. And I think Danny Ings will be hot like last year, especially now that he's in England, English international again. But other than that, I don't think they're pushing for the title of Europe, but but another good year for the Saints. Echoing again, love love Danny, king of the crap goal, but I think they'll stay generally where they are. I have them actually finishing exactly where they were. They were in 11th last year. Again, a team that didn't do a whole bunch of business other than getting Kyle Kyle Walker Peters from Tottenham. I think they I think they stayed generally near the middle of the table. I've got them sticking in 11th as well. An exciting team, as Josh said. We love Southampton as all of our little brother teams pretty much. Uh, Ralph Hassenhutl, great manager, a dude who can really lead a team, got one of the best gifts of all time of the sprint on the field and pump the crowd down. I think he's a great manager, so I think they keep their momentum and stay in 11th. So I actually have Southampton finishing 15th, so sliding back a few spots. Most of that is I think Danny Ings is very good, but I don't know if he'll be able to replicate his output from last season. We love him for scoring those crap goals, but so much of those crap goals is a ball bounce coming towards you and things like that. I I don't know if he'll get all those bounces this year. Uh, And also them losing Hoiberg and... or. Hoberg, however you say it. I think he's a very good player, uh, and they haven't replaced him as of yet. So, you know, they did bring in some a couple of defenders, but losing losing kind of their strongest midfielder, uh, not being able to get some guys like Weston McKinney to replace him, I think, could also hurt them. Next up, we have North London rivals of Arsenal, the Tottenham Hotspur. I have this club finishing 20th this year. Um, the best thi- the best thing about this club <laughs> is they've given us the Amazon documentary to watch in the meantime before we get the football. But I think uh, I think Jose sprouts a tail this year and he takes them to the bottom and 
they're playing in the championship or maybe even League One next year. But that's about up to say. Just sent they they perform so bad they throw yep. two leagues down. I'm not going to be as harsh to uh, Tottenham as Josh is, but I am going to be harsh enough to put them under Everton this season. I have them finishing seventh. The one big six team that I have the balls to actually say they could finish over. I'm delusional, but that's fine. They did some good business with uh, Hoiberg from Southampton, if that's how you say his name. I'm with Jake on just not knowing how to pronounce it. I think they finished seventh. They're up there, but I I think they're the worst of the big six this year. Call me crazy, but at least you called me. I've got Tottenham in fifth. Sorry, Josh. Hate to do that to you, but may, maybe it's just that, seeing that Joe say yeah, it could be such a bad take because – Every every time I see them play, I'm like, Harry Kane's an absolute fraud. Right when I think that he'll just bang in a goal that he shouldn't. I've got them finishing fifth. I think they sneakily had a decent... Once Mourinho came in, they, they kind of had a nice bounce. I think when he has a full season with them, he could straighten them out, but he won't get them top four. I also have Tottenham finishing fifth. I think, bringing, I think Doherty's a good player who they brought in from Wolves. And I think if Harry Kane can be healthier than he has been the past couple seasons, you know, he's a 20-goal-a-season guy, almost guaranteed if he's healthy. For as funny as Jose is to, like, watch on the Amazon show or make fun of, like, he's still one of the—they still have one of the best managers ever. So, yeah, fifth place for Tottenham. Can't stress how wrong you guys all are. But but next up— <laughs> Next up, we have West Brom. All I have to say about West Brom is good luck avoiding that, that trap door. I think they're going to be fighting for their lives, and I think they're going to be in the relegation spots. Good good club to have back in the Premier League, though, for now. Yeah. I love seeing West Brom in the Premier League, but they're not staying in the Premier League. I have them 20th, and I don't think it's going to be close. I think they'll be the first relegated. I don't think it's – they're not going to be in the battle. They're not even showing up to the battle. They might not even show up to their games. I don't think no, they're, not they're sticking bad. around. Wrong. They are that bad. West Brom, gross, 20th, going down. Wish they were not back. Such a boring club. If they're back, at least please hire Tony Pulis back. I need to see those white kicks on the sideline. Um, yeah, a team I think are so boring to watch. Don't like them, maybe because they got a result against Liverpool last time they were in the league which led to one of Klopp's most underappreciated post-match comments ever. West Brom was already relegated at that point in time, and Klopp was like, yeah, they didn't cut the grass today, so hopefully they're allowed to keep the grass that long when they play in the championship next season. I think when Liverpool play them, Klopp will do everything he can to make sure they get relegated that day. I don't have much to add. Um, I'd like to give a shout-out to their manager, Slavin Bilic. I mean, looking at what he's done with that team, it's kind of makes you wish he had never left West Ham. Um, they also picked up Grady Diangana from West Ham, but I'll... Well, I guess I can talk about that now because we are in the West Ham section, but West Brom absolutely being relegated. <laughs> so... I think now the floor is mine to talk about West Ham. Yep. Um, I'll try to I'll try to keep this short, but I'll I'll just start off. I have West Ham finishing eleventh. Um, I think they're going to be like firmly kind of <laughs> right in the middle. When you look at the team they have, 
they have they are they I think they are more talented than the eleventh best team in the Premier League. Um, you know, guys like Declan Rice and um, you know Michaela Antonio at the end of the season, but even some of their center backs, Agbana and Diop, have shown signs that they can be you know solid uh, center backs in the Premier League. But they just I don't trust the ownership like that i it comes down to me not trusting the owners um i talked before about ancelotti at everton david moyes and carlo ancelotti were hired at about the same time within a week and since then everton has shown like we are fully backing our manager we're gonna spend money to get the guys that our manager wants and that want to play for the manager and west ham meanwhile Moyes, I agree with his kind of strategy of, hey, we are a club that's hoping to make it to the next level. So we want to have guys on our team that are also hoping to get to the next level. So, you know, guys from the championship and maybe outside of England. Uh, And I think they did a great job bringing in Jared Bowen and Thomas Susek. Uh, I think they're both great players, but the sale of Grady Diangana back to West Brom. He was great for them last year as a loney, and the the team was excited to have him. The social media account a day before he was sold posted on Facebook a picture of him and said, "Can't wait to see more of this lad this season." <laughs> and then they sold him the very next day. Nobody wanted him to go. He claims or the the rumor is he didn't want to go which caused mark noble to tweet basically telling the owners that he was disappointed jack wilshire was commenting on instagram declan rice was liking tweets so it, it's been a bad nine months since david moyes took over they didn't get relegated so i guess that's good i i i i'm not excited for this team this year they're billionaire owners are crying poor because of covid and aren't gonna spend money they're gonna finish in the middle of the table i'm not gonna enjoy watching them that's all i have on west ham to maybe just wrap up west ham because jake crushed it i was gonna say you can call us idiots but you have to accept that we love our clubs i love jake having west ham in 11 that that's such a homer take i hope it happens for you jake adam finishing 15th yeah, I have him finishing 16th, and I think maybe if Jake wasn't part of this group, I might have him finishing lower. But I, I am very hopeful for them. I just don't think that the, the sows of despair have been laid in that locker room, and I hope they can bounce back. But the, the reaction to Grady leaving did not fill me with hope for them. No, I'm going full heel, and I'm saying, Jake, you want them to be relegated. I think you guys could be the next leads. Not, not be out of the league that long, but you need the door to finally fall out because the way the club is going cannot survive. Like, you guys are just falling into mediocrity, and that's not what a club like West Ham sees itself as. And I think almost the fans need to get behind that, hey, we need the full meltdown to happen. Maybe they sell some talent in January, and, and then in a couple of years they're back and they're a new scrappy young club that are just different. There's some sentiment within the fan base that I've seen that is that however with the like wages west ham is on them getting relegated would not be a 
like it would be I could see them getting relegated and then like doing a Sunderland and just like getting relegated twice. <laughs> it could get bad. I do see what you're saying though cuz I think they have a lot of guys in that team that ideally wouldn't be on that team, but they're just kind of stuck there cuz it's like oh, we gave you a 4-year contract extension when you're a left back that can't defend. You know, not to name any names, but Arthur Masawaku, who apparently is going to be a winger now. So that's good. A guy, like, in his mid to late 20s just switching his position. After all that complaining, I guess I have them a lot higher than all of you do. And that's solely because of the talent they do have. Like, individual players, like Felipe Anderson, if he gives a shit, is really good. It's just that he doesn't. A lot of yeah, the time, no, I, I agree with that. You, there's more talent in that squad than to what they perform. Yes, to. kind of the opposite of Burnley. Like if you look at West Ham and Burnley, like each individual player, like you would pick West Ham, but it's like, well, and I guess I have West Ham finishing above Burnley, so maybe I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth. But a team like Burnley that has an identity, like that, just shows you how much an identity matters. Whereas I don't think West Ham has an identity. Yep. But we've we have given West Ham way too much, so we can move on to our twentieth and final team. And that's and that's Wolves. I'm not gonna say much other than they keep signing Portuguese players. They have a sweet coach. They're gonna compete and they're gonna be somewhere in the mid table, high to mid table like they were last year, I think. They have a terrible kit. That third kit is disgusting and that's that's about it. So Man. bad. The third, the yep. third kit. What well, I was announced today, right? It, I it think was, so. Or yesterday. It's, it's bad. It's not very good. At time of recording, it was just announced, and it is a grody, grody kit. And I mean, I have the same thoughts as Josh. I think they're a, a very good team. I think they'll finish in the mid to high table, just like Josh. I have them in this list at eight. Not much to say about them other than they're just a good team, honestly. I've got them finishing seventh. Echo everything that the guys have said. That kid is so gross, but you're going to see a Damachaori in it sprinting down the wing, and it's going to make you have second thoughts about how bad that kit might be. I think last season they played nearly 60 matches, so I think when they get to get a little bit of rest this season and uh, take on the Premier League, they're going to have some of their patented big upsets, and I've got them finishing seventh. I have Wolves finishing ninth, and that's mainly just because between Leicester, Everton, and Wolves, I think all those teams are kind of neck and neck for the best non-Big Six clubs. But like everybody said, solid team, solid coach. Um, think Adama Traore, if he stays, uh, could have a really big year. But I also think he's a guy that somebody could pay way too much money for, which could also help them to spend that money on someone else but i have them finishing ninth and there we go that rounds up our list this is definitely our longest pod we're happy to go through all these teams we hope you guys enjoy it we're looking forward to this next season if anything if anyone has anything else to add i think we're all looking forward to it we'll be watching together down in tennessee and we'll be back after the first week of matches with some belters of takes from what we saw this week. Very excited for the season. It's going to be a interesting start. See what everybody can do in the uh, the COVID days. So. Just wait for Mezzanozo to 
have a hat trick this weekend. See see you next week after that to talk about it. I was gonna say I I didn't mention, but Timo Werner for Golden Boot. That is my Golden Boot pick. Nine to one odds I'm seeing. So if you're if you're into that sort of thing, maybe throw some money on him. Yeah, that's a. I agreed pre-pod with Jake that that's a very good odds for a Timo Werner Golden Boot pick. All right, boys, ready to wrap this up? Think so. Think so. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week.